From the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, this is Catholic Military Life, the only official podcast of the Archdiocese. I'm your moderator, Taylor Henry. And for this edition, it's my privilege to have, once again, as my guest, Father Mark Rutherford, JCL, the Judicial Vicar here at the Archdiocese. Father Rutherford, welcome back to our microphones. It is great to be with you again, Taylor. And our topic today is the chaplain shortage. Uh, there's a tremendous shortage of Catholic priests serving on active duty as chaplains in the U.S. military across all branches. And Father Rutherford, you know firsthand how that is because you just came back from North North Dakota, yes, Grand Forks Air Force Base, where you filled in for uh, Father William Vitt, who has been deployed, and you were there for the Triduum and for Easter Sunday Mass. What was that like? You flew in kind of at the last minute and uh, had to assume all these liturgical responsibilities. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Well, I mean, this shows you just how much Archbishop cares about our men and women in the military when he hears one of our brothers uh, suddenly deployed and immediately uh, everybody uh, puts the irons in the fires and starts to uh, assist in in making provision uh, for for the people of God and um, I don't know all the details but uh, uh, Archbishop uh, Brolio uh, wanted to make sure that they were taken care of for the the holiest and heaviest liturgies of of the year, and uh, and so that's kind of how it happened. And uh, yeah, Father's deployment was was sudden, and so a lot of people acted fast, and uh, they were on top of it. And one thing led to another, and I'm on an airplane heading to Grand Forks. Now, what was that like? It's still the last part of the winter up in North North Dakota. I mean, we're talking right up on the Canadian border, right? Yep. So I had to fly from D.C. to Minneapolis-St. Paul, and then Minneapolis-St. Paul to Grand Forks. Uh, and I knew that this it was dubious whether or not I was going to get out of Minneapolis-St. Paul because... Uh, Grand Forks uh, was in the middle of a blizzard, so they had a blizzard the the entire Triduum, uh, and I wasn't sure if I was going to make it out of Minneapolis-St. Paul. So I celebrated Mass that morning at zero uh, four hundred, uh, uh, half awake, and uh, <laughs> although I must say, you know, Archbishop, you know, he he wakes up, he's he's up and praying at that time. Uh, uh, already, and so while I'm half awake, he's already fully awake. <laughs> um, but uh, for that day, that was that was uh, the prudent thing to do, uh, because when we were on the airplane uh, from Minneapolis-St. Paul to Grand Forks, uh, the lady next to me turns to me and she says, "Father, I'm certain we're not getting off this tarmac." And she's looking at her phone, and she's from Grand Forks, so she's looking at her phone and she sees that. Highway 2, which is the connecting road from Grand Forks Airport to uh, Grand Forks Air Force Base, was closed. So that was closed, and they're in the middle of a blizzard, and she's certain there's no way. And even if we did, we'd be stuck at the airport. Um, but one we got off the tarmac, no cancellations. When we arrived, uh, the locals 
uh, knew where to look to f see if the roads were open. The roads were open, everything was plowed. And so, yeah, we came into a, a blizzardy uh, uh, northeastern North Dakota, um, but uh, it, was, it was a blast from beginning to end. Tell me about it. Were you, how were you received when you showed up? Were you expected, or was this something that they did not expect until the last minute, until almost when you showed up? Father Vitt did a great job. So he uh, made sure that the, uh, the chaplain corps uh, on base, the, the team there, uh, were already um, preparing for this transition. So I was already... Uh, in contact, and he had them reach out to me to uh, assist me with uh, my visit. So I was already in communication with them. So when I arrived on base, the chaplain corps was already there um, to show me where the lodging is. And of course, they asked me, do you want to stay on base or do you want to stay in town? And I said, well, which, because uh, I didn't see this as a, a vacation time for Father Mark Rutherford. This wasn't a time <laughs> for me to catch up on sleep. This was the time to, to minister to the people of God. Um, I said, well, which one is going to be a blessing to the families and, 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 and put me in proximity to the families and, and basically be with them? And I said, well, on base. So I said, on base, of course, absolutely. So uh, the chaplain corps made arrangements for me to stay at the, the Warrior Lodge there on base. And for our benefit of our listener, I'll just fill in a little background details here. Right now, we have uh, 191 Catholic priests on active duty in the United States military. That's down considerably from decades past. 25% of the United States military is Catholic, but only 7% of the chaplain corps right now is Catholic. And um, in the Air Force, we're talking about 61 priests on active duty for a Catholic population of more than 80,000. That's one priest for every 1,300 active duty airmen, not counting their families. Mm -hmm. So we're talking a severe shortage, and you saw this in real life, in real time. Right, absolutely. You know, And, and one thing that, uh, you know, a lot of folks don't know is that the Archdiocese for the Military Services uh, does not receive government funding to train and produce priests. Um, and so it's, it's important for uh, our listeners to know and understand that supporting the AMS, supporting the, uh, the staff and the personnel here at the uh, uh, Pastoral Center here in D.C. enables us and allows us to support the Archbishop to make provision for our military men and women. And so every dollar that you donate to the AMS is a dollar that helps us serve the military men and women and Archbishop to provide priests. And so it's it's so important. And it was really good for me to, to be there Personally, although I wasn't there for me, for me to like, you know, it wasn't for a, a Father Mark experience, but the experience I took away from this was a realization of just how important, how meaningful it is to have a priest provided for our military men and women. When I arrived, the folks there were so happy and they were so grateful. Um, 
because I said in, in one of my homilies um, that the reason why I'm here is because Archbishop was thinking of you. He's thinking of you guys. He loves you guys. And, but we also need more priests is one of the reasons why I'm here. We need more priests in, in, in the military because, because I'm not in the Air Force. You know, I'm, I'm the judicial vicar. And, um, and so I, I, I um, provide uh, um, uh, that service to our, our, our brother priests and our, our men and women in the military. Um, but it was just a wonderful reminder uh, of how, how meaning, because they said when I arrived, we weren't sure if we were going to have uh, tr uh, true to him liturgies and we were wondering if anybody was going to think about us that's one of the one, one of the airmen said who who was thinking of us and i said well you know the ams is thinking of you and the archbishop's thinking of you we're thinking of you and um and i just i enjoyed them and i and i i spent as much time as i could with them and they wanted to eat so they, you know, father's an excuse to eat. So after, when I arrived, you know, we hit the ground running, planning the, the liturgies uh, with the wonderful CPLC there, uh, Barb, just a, a fantastic, stable pillar there during this transition. She is the CPLC. And uh, so I met with her on Wednesday. We met for about, you know, three or four hours over a cup of coffee, planning the liturgies so that those would go off nice. Uh, and then we had Stations of the Cross Wednesday evening at 5 p.m. Uh, and the wonderful uh, civil engineers there on base were, were able to plow the parking lot and, and the streets in time for the Stations of the Cross. So we had that and then a potluck afterward. Um, and then th Thursday for, for Holy Thursday, of course, we had the, the liturgies and uh, for Holy Thursday evening. And followed by more food, and then Good Friday we had you know Good Friday liturgy, followed by non-meat food <laughs> after that, <laughs> right. and then Saturday they set up uh, a nice big dinner at a at a family's home there on base, and so a bunch of airmen came over to the house, and we just ate a bunch of food before the Easter vigil, um, and same thing on Sunday after the Sunday liturgy. <laughs> eating a lot of food. And so uh, it was such a joy to be with them, hang out with them, listen to their stories, their joys and their sorrows and what's going on in their life and and love them and minister to them for that weekend. And just to catch our listener up on some of the acronyms we're using, uh, CPLC, that is, what is a CPLC? Um, Catholic Pastoral Life Coordinator. Got it. And the AMS, of course, is the Archdiocese for the Military Services. I'm talking to Father Mark Rutherford, the uh, Judicial Vicar here at the Archdiocese for the Military Services in Washington, D.C. Father Rutherford, one of our senior clergymen on staff here at the AMS, uh, who was uh, pulled into uh, uh, unexpected uh, pastoral duty over the Easter uh uh, over Easter week, the Triduum and, and Easter Sunday, uh, all the way out to North Dakota, Grand Forks Air Force Base in North Dakota. Um, and uh, you mentioned Arch Archbishop Brolio. Uh, Archbishop Brolio actually mentioned your visit out to Grand Forks in his Easter message, his video Easter message this year. When did you find out you were going to go to Grand Forks? 
uh, just a couple few weeks ago. Yes. Um, and um, it, it just kind of came out uh, suddenly as 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 a, as a need, and um, and so it just kind of rose to the surface, and the the occasion was there, and um, you know I had other plans for for that weekend but i thought you know this this takes precedence over those so. would that uh, father william vitt the, the uh, chaplain assigned to grand forks had an assistant but we're at a point now in the archdiocese for the military services where we don't have enough priests to provide assistance uh uh, because of the chaplain shortage. And I, I should explain the reason for the shortage I mentioned earlier. It's attrition. Uh, the, the chaplains are growing, or they're re reaching retirement age faster than they can be replaced. But there is a silver lining, and that is that uh, the vocations program under Archbishop Broglio since 2008 uh, has increased exponentially. Uh, there a vast increase in the number of young men entering our so-called co-sponsored seminarian program. Yeah. Uh, it had actually reached record levels right before the pandemic. We had over 40 men coming through the pipeline. Well, still, we're up uh, near nearly 40. So yeah. that's good news, right? Yeah, amen, absolutely. And, and so we have to celebrate our victories. And uh, one of the uh, virtues that our, our new vocations director has, Father Matthew Gray, is a healthy... Um, uh, uh, like a, a healthy desire to never be content with uh, even those numbers. So uh, 40 is to be celebrated or 39 is to be celebrated. Um, but let's go after more, more, more. And, you know, uh, 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 you know these numbers are, are, are symptomatic of the, the health of territorial diocese, right? So, um, you know, if, if local priests in uh, parochial parishes are joyfully living out their priesthood, if they're um, uh, teaching young men uh, to live lives of holiness, to, to care about what Jesus has to say about their future, and to uh, listen to him and learn principles of discernment, then those numbers are going to increase. And as those numbers increase, the pool of those who are potential uh, co-sponsor seminarians also increases. And so we have an interest in their success. Uh, they have an interest in our success because um, with the 1.82 million or how many uh, uh, military men and women there are and civilian government employees overseas under the uh, shepherding of Archbishop Brolio, uh, he has a, a desire in his heart to return them faithful Catholics. And in order to do that, we need priests who can be present to them in these places like Grand Forks. And so we need priests who can be there with them and in, uh, disciple them and build programs of discipleship around them so that they go back home uh, whenever they separate from the military as disciples of Jesus, uh, not as recovering Catholics. And I should elaborate. I said co-sponsored seminarian program. Uh, the background on that basically is each one of the chaplains who serves 
the military has a home diocese, like you, Father Rutherford. You're from the Diocese of Lansing, Michigan. Diocese of Lansing, Michigan. So we're used to the snow. <laughs> that's right. I was going to say. Uh, but uh, so that's why it's co-sponsored. Each of our chaplains has a home diocese, and the home diocese, wherever that is, or it could be a religious community, the Jesuits or Franciscans or uh, one of the religious orders, um, they will uh, pay for half the seminary expense and the AMS will pay for the other half. And nowadays that's amounting to a total for the five-year uh, formation of $125,000. That's just the AMS's share. Mm -hmm. So uh, folks supporting the AMS uh, uh, can know that uh, you know a, a good bit of the your contribution is going to go to the co-sponsored seminary program to help replace all these Amen. older chaplains who are the, the math is, is simple, Taylor. It's uh, n no Eucharist, no hope. No Jesus, no hope. No priest, no Eucharist. Uh, no co-sponsored uh, seminarian program and s seminarians who become future military chaplains. No Eucharist, no hope at, 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 for our military men and women in their relationship with Jesus Christ in the sacramental life of the church on base. And so the, the math is, is there. Uh, we want to bring them the, the one thing, the main thing, and that is Jesus in the Eucharist to sustain them while they're serving all of us and protecting our nation. And so that when they do go back home, they go back home uh, uh, with a, a relationship with the Lord that was sustained uh, with the sacraments. And that's especially uh, a problem on the front lines where you have uh, men and women who are serving our country or Con confronting uh, life and death situations. And uh, some of these uh, brave soldiers, airmen, sailors go weeks at a time without uh, access to a priest, without access to the sacraments, without being able to go to confession, without being able to receive the Eucharist. Uh, so, uh, so much more the important to plug this gap, to fill the shortage. Uh, and the um, paradox is that the military itself is a rich pool of potential vocations. The church studies repeatedly show that, uh, you know, upwards of 10%, it can be anywhere from 4 to 10%, but it's consistent year after year, come, come from the military themselves. Nearly 20% year after year come from military families. So, uh, the, you know, not just for the chaplaincy, but for the priesthood generally across the United States, the military is a rich pool of potential vocations. It sure is. And I think that's related to, you know, as, as one chaplain was sharing with me who graduated at one of our uh, military academies, he was sharing with me that while he was uh, at the academy um, and, and was experiencing a, a call, or hearing the Lord calling him to a vocation to the priesthood, the, the military chaplaincy was at the fore of his discernment because he understood experientially, having been at the academy, having been in the military, how important it is for his faith life, for his relationship with the Lord, to have a chaplain provided there on, at the installation at the academy and what that meant for the feeding of his faith. And so when he was discerning priesthood, 
yeah, it went right to the fore of his discernment because he, he sees how important it is. And well, uh, we want everyone to understand uh, and impress upon everyone how important that is. Was that the military academy at West Point? This, this particular priest was sharing a story of his time at the U.S. Naval Academy. U.S. Naval Academy. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, you, um, wh- whose job it is to adjudicate issues of canon law here in Washington, uh, annulments, problem marriages, etc., uh, are all of a sudden called back to serve as a chaplain uh, on a, uh, I guess you were a pinch hitter. Well, not not as a chaplain. I, I don't. I don't. Uh, well, serve the function. I didn't of a chaplain. earn that title. <laughs> right. You don't have the title, no. but but you in in practice. We're functioning as, as a, uh, a pinch-hitting chaplain, for lack of a better word, right? Sure. So uh, uh, what was that experience like for you? Did you sense personally the, um, the gap? Uh, you know, or did, did any of the folks there at Grand Forks Air Force Base, where you spent the Triduum and Easter Sunday, share any stories with you about the difficulties they face with only one chaplain assigned to that installation and then he's deployed and what that they don't have one sure i mean uh, there was a catechumen and a candidate come expecting to come into the church that weekend right and and then that was suddenly called into question or thrown up into the air because of the sudden deployment and so it came down to you know do we have to postpone do we are are we gonna you know go somewhere else um or you know, is there going to be a priest here? And and so immediate, it's immediately felt when when there isn't a priest uh, at an installation, uh, it's immediately felt by by those who are at the end of their journey, about to begin their journey as Roman Catholics, and uh, and, and yes, the the wonderful people at, at Grand Forks uh, by the the manner I was received, which was with gratitude and uh and uh, joy and and gratefulness to to uh, the archdiocese um uh, re- showed just how much it meant to them and so it was very moving for me to be with them um and to spend time with them and listen to the, the families and and how important it is to have a priest on base and and then the individual airmen, especially those who are new, you know, and they have to live in the dorms, you know, if, their first, <laughs> if it's their first assignment, they got to live in those dorms. You know, they're, they're, they're not married. Many of them don't know anyone on base when they first arrive. Um, and none of their friends are there, or maybe the friends maybe that they made uh, before. Uh, and so it can be very lonely at first for them. And so to... To the, the one thing for a Roman Catholic, for a Latin Catholic, or Eastern Catholic, when you go to a military base or installation, that will be the most familiar uh, um, act or activity or event that reminds you of home is Mass. Because when you're back home, uh, Easter, Christmas, what are you doing as a family? You're at Mass. Easter comes around, you're away from home, it's blizzard, <laughs> it's, it's terrible, miserable weather, uh, you don't know anybody, the one thing that reminds you of home is going to Mass. 
And that's why the AMS brochure says, welcome home. Yeah. Because no matter where you're at, if you're a practicing Catholic, wherever you wind up, you can go to the church and you're home. Yeah. Spiritually. Yeah. So let's go back to Easter Vigil. Now, uh, there, you know, all of us Catholics know there are aspects to the liturgy during Holy Week that uh, a little more detailed than the normal sure. uh, uh, Sunday Mass. Uh, you had a fire there right before the vigil? Or of course, something? yes. Well, tell me about how did that go? Well, the I on Thursday I had a meeting with the chaplain corps team because I wanted to make sure that if, if there was anything that the Catholic chapel needed to pull off these liturgies, uh, that they were aware of it, and then we can work together on making it happen. And so one of the things I asked them for, I said, I need an axe. And they looked at me cross-eyed. They're like, wait, what, why, why, why is a priest asking for an axe? And I explained to them that, I, well, I got charcoal and I got big blocks of wood. I need kindling. And I'm either going to make it or, you know, figure out some other way. So I need an axe. And they go, Father, <laughs> some of us live on uh, many swaths of acres and, and so... Um, uh, we we have kindling, so we'll get you some kindling, and um, and so they they were on top of it. You know, they they uh, made provision for anything and everything that the, the chapel needed, whether it was kindling or um, uh, putting out the flyer. So the CPLC she made a, a beautiful flyer, and I said, wow, people should see this. You know, um, and so I asked the chapel staff if the um, if the liturgies for the weekend had been advertised to the base yet. Um, and uh, I don't think they had a, uh, an opportunity to, to do that yet. And so uh, they got it um, out to the uh, public affairs office and then they sent it to everybody on base, um, which is good because, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, the, the chaplain core there is, is <laughs> uh, a, on top of our, our own focus on, on Catholics, but is a, is a psychological, spiritual, emotional, essential item when you're in, in, a, in a place in northern North Dakota. And so we had people come who, 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 who weren't Catholic, but they, they just wanted to come and, and be with people who were uh, joyful and uh, just be around people, you know, and, on a weekend in which they think of their families. Yeah. And so they knew that we would feed them. <laughs> we would feed them and, and just, and just love them, you know? And, uh, and so, and so the vigil, uh, uh, went off very well. How did the fire go? Now you had the fire oh, the, out, uh, out in front of the chapel, right? <laughs> before, before mass on Easter vigil, right? We entrusted fire duty to one of the, <laughs> one of the airmen, and uh, he, 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 he went all in on, on that job. And so we had this uh, cauldron, and uh, he, he made sure that whole thing was burning. So there was a big old fire when I got outside. And um, uh, I could tell that, you know, he put a lot of effort into it. <laughs> so we're, we're gathered outside, and it's very cold and a lot of snow. We got this warm fire, so it was great. And so right before beginning the liturgy with the sign of the cross, I just kind of said quietly to the servers around me, um, you know, do we have everything? Is everything all set? You know, just one last check, right? And 
uh, this this little child um, across the way overheard me. So I must have said it louder than I, than I thought it was. And uh, he yells out, marshmallows! <laughs> We're missing marshmallows! And so everybody's cracking up. Everybody's laughing. And it was just a great moment of levity uh, before we entered into uh, the great festivity of that, that celebration. I'm like, well... Marshmallows, on that note, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so we and a great yeah. family story. Yeah. And two people came into the church, you know, that night, which was fantastic. I've been talking to Father Mark Rutherford, the judicial vicar here at the Archdiocese for the Military Services. And our topic has been the chaplain shortage. Father Rutherford knows firsthand, having just returned from Grand Forks Air Force Base in North Dakota, where he subbed for the... Uh, recently deployed chaplain on duty at that installation. Father Rutherford, thank you so much for talking to me today. You're welcome. Thank you, Taylor. Catholic Military Life is a podcast of the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, erected by Pope St. John Paul II in 1985 to provide for the free exercise of Catholic faith in the U.S. military, VA medical centers, and the government's civilian workforce beyond U.S. borders. 1.8 million American Catholics worldwide depend on the Archdiocese and its endorsed chaplains for pastoral care. For more information, visit millarch.org. The Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, serving those who serve.